0: Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. This week, we finally find out what Liz thinks of Hamilton and give a Nerdy Bitches review of it. All right, let's hit that music. waiting for it's time Uh, yes so um if you guys haven't been listening uh liz has not seen hamilton or at least
1: had not until we made her for this episode (laughs) i had not um i think it's come to houston it's not something i went out of my way to go see i had not listened to the this isn't like i've never watched an episode of game of thrones brag like i see people i just haven't like i heard people go on and on about it and i don't know i get weird about that kind of stuff like i might get very excited to see something but if everyone's jumped on the bandwagon i kind of avoid it like i'm just like "Eh, i don't know why i really don't um i read something the other day that was talking about uh people who have anxiety tend to like to watch the same shows and movies like over and over again because there aren't a lot of surprises to you know flare up your anxiety and i noticed i was like i totally do that i have absolutely seen every episode of the golden girls like 27 times i have seen every episode of Frasier at least seven or eight times you know just i don't know it's just easier sometimes than trying to take on a whole new like like the new babysitters club show came out on netflix and i love those books so much i haven't watched it yet i'm like "Mm -hmm."
0: (laughs) i uh, i am the same way well at least i have been since this whole uh COVID mm-hmm. thing. You know, you're like, you're looking at me like, yeah, yeah, that's new anxiety. I got old school anxiety.
1: No, you h- don't even h- know. <laughs> anxiety is anxiety is anxiety. And it fucking sucks. And I don't wish it on anybody ever. So I have old school anxiety and brand new anxiety. It's fun. It's like, you're like, you're like, you're
0: like Bane. It's like, I was born into this. Like you've merely adopted it. I do,
1: I do tell people that a lot. When, like when Paul's like, my stomach hurts. I'm like, don't even talk to me about stomachs. Like you don't know Bane.
0: Yeah, it's just like prior to this call, I was bitching about how hot it was in California. And she's like,
1: really? Okay okay it's hot there yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know again it's it's hot here it's hot here all the time and actually actually up yeah. until probably the end of may it was fairly not horrible like it wasn't terrible and then june comes around and it's like <laughs> suckers and uh yeah just fucking hot but anyways, yeah, so I had not seen Hamilton yet, and it showed it showed up on Disney Plus on July 3rd, and I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to sit down and watch that. And then I started seeing all these people like on my Facebook timeline who are up at 2 a.m. and waiting for it to drop, and they're so excited, and they've watched it 14 times by the end of the day, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> just waited. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch it until like two days ago, so...
0: Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about how I got into it, because I did not get into it when it first started. I'm not like a huge musical theater person. And I am. That's the weird thing. Yeah, it's this is this came out suddenly. Actually, my first um, like real understanding of how much people loved it was watching Mandy go ape shit over and she cosplayed at comic palooza as alexander hamilton and then she had a sing-along panel and it was packed um i saw videos of it later on youtube oh the little kid rapping in there that was awesome (laughs) yeah i was just like this is crazy like this is a huge thing Mm -hmm. um but i still didn't think much of it and this is why is i have a problem with something that like is not accessible to most people And so the cost of Hamilton tickets was not access- accessible, mm-hmm. Um And so then I think, how good is it if only like the elite can see it? Well, then I started actually hearing that um, the crew um, was making extra efforts to try and make sure that people could you know, they had lotteries where they were releasing ten dollar tickets, they were um reperforming it for schools. And when people were standing in line to try and get in that lottery, actually like Lynn Manuel, Miranda and other cast members were coming out and greeting mm-hmm. them uh, because they really understood that the that uh access was limited, which I really appreciated. Um I went and saw it uh, just last year in San Francisco. And that was the first time I saw it. My grandmother said, you might want to listen to the soundtrack first because you, it's hard to understand the words. And I thought, grandma, you're old. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but then I, and then Mandy said, well, you're not going to be listening with the original cast members, but Um, so therefore it won't be as good. And therefore you may not want to listen to the soundtrack first. So I read some articles online. This is how much I got into this, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I read, you know, once, once you pay a freaking fortune for tickets, you're going to want to appreciate every second of that goddamn play. Right. And so, um, so I went, went online and they said, yeah, recommend listening to the first four songs first four songs all you need you get an understanding of it you get enough background and and then let the story play out so that's exactly what I did and uh I went and I you know I absolutely loved mm-hmm. it I absolutely loved the play and by the way my players were just as good as the cast I'm sorry Lynn Ranwell, Miranda <laughs> but and um uh, you know our um George Washington mm-hmm. was phenomenal. So, uh I don't remember his name, didn't write it down.
1: You know, didn't even think about it till this moment to tell you, but whatever. <laughs> all right. Yeah, um I Paul watched it with me and he again, he's an opera singer, but he's not really into musical theater. Like he's not a Broadway guy. He doesn't really it's Yeah, he does yeah. it's not his thing. It's not something he's really. And now he's done some of them because some of the Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals are operatic very much so or very close to it and so the opera will actually do those shows every couple of years they've done showboat and they were supposed to be doing something this year now i don't remember what it was but uh but so he went but he wanted to see what the fuss was about so we sat down and watched it together and again you know he and i can both be a little bit snobby when it comes to yeah, Musicals uh, cause and like, movies. And... Yeah,
0: because musicals are lowbrow. Like, <laughs> I know that people are like, oh, it's theater. Like, mm. no, but it's musical theater. And now, don't get me wrong. I like it. And I go see a musical well over going to a um,
1: an opera because I am a lowbrow person. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I go to a lot of operas just because I get free tickets yeah. because my husband is an opera singer. I uh, I go
0: to the opera if it's free. I promise you that. Well, no, no. My tickets are <laughs> yeah. to...
1: Final dress rehearsals (laughs) they don't give us free tickets to paying shows ever
0: oh but i used to go to them
1: at the park like yeah well yeah those uh, are free and that's the thing like like that's the problem that we all have with opera is that it is like you were talking about it's not accessible to everyone or a lot of the times the tickets have been just too much and people can't do it or they think it's a super fancy experience and you have to go all out and dress up and there are absolutely people that do that again i go to the final dress rehearsals and a lot of the people who help fund these things like the patrons or whatever they come they get tickets to come and see the dre- the final dress and it's not always a perfect performance and some- they tell you we may stop and work on something in the middle i've actually never seen that happen at any of the ones i've ever been to but they have started doing like the the things they do here at Miller Outdoor Theater, and now they're also doing them up at the the Woodlands Pavilion. At the end of the season, is they will do a couple of shows for free that people can come and see for free. I mean, they're not doing them for free; they're getting paid, but they <laughs> yeah. I, they don't get paid as much, I don't think so. But they still they do them, and um, and they also have started doing something here called I think they're called Nexus tickets, or it's a Nexus performance where one of the shows, they actually make the tickets like super cheap so that people can, it's usually like a Sunday matinee or shows, not all of them, but some of Mm -hmm. them. And so I like that, you know, it's becoming a little bit more accessible and people can see them. And what I love about Disney plus doing this, because one of the things that people have always said about Broadway, especially to where the, oh well you have to go see it in person and we cannot possibly record it it would just wouldn't be right or you can't do live theater on TV i think we have proven that you absolutely can and that is a wonderful yeah. way to bring this stuff to the masses because i think the arts are always getting crapped on Especially by and this this happens in in everything, but again, you know schools they, oh, we don't need the arts, they don't make money, football makes money, um, we don't need it in college, we don't need it in life, but blah, 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 but I want everyone who is one listening to this podcast right now, but two sitting at home, binge watching Netflix, uh binge watching hulu shows, whatever you're doing that is not you know if it has music in it, if it is singing, if it has beautiful artwork, if it has photography, all of those things are the arts and this is what feeds our souls in this society that we have it's not work it's not making money it's it's having this enjoyment to be able to you know bring something to life and see it and it's so beautiful it it just makes such a big difference like the arts need to be funded like we need this kind of stuff happening because it just it just improves our society all around
0: yeah i absolutely agree and what makes hamilton so special is it is telling that story. And I think that, you know, he said it a hundred times, right? It's telling the story of America's foundation Mm -hmm. using America today. And I think that that is what makes it so special and kind of capturing lightning in a bottle type of thing. Because we've all heard the story or a very similar story. I mean, Hamilton kind of, uh, you know, did the, you know, he founded the bank or the Fed. Um, So...
1: Like nobody wants yeah, to hear that guy's know. story though. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly. not exciting. They don't want to hear about the yeah. guy who set up the fiduciary trust or whatever. They don't. Exactly. You know, nobody cares. But this is a way that takes that part of history, takes it kind of from a different perspective than what we have been fed in the past. And it and it just brings a, a human interest story to life as well.
0: Yeah. So that being said the music is still phenomenal and he says he uses hip hop i wouldn't consider it hip hop i just consider it not
1: musical music well this was this was what was so cool watching it with paul because being a classically trained singer and having to do some of the weirdest and just most complex lyrics and timings and things like that he was blown away by how impressive the just just the difficulty of the beats of the rhythm and being able to make your mouth move as fast as these guys do. Like at one point David Diggs I think I read that he put like nineteen words into three seconds. That's a lot.
0: Yes. Oh it was it was when he was uh playing Jefferson. Uh no, 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 La- no, it wasn't Lafayette. Fair. Lafayette. Lafayette, and that was, by the way, that's my favorite scene of the whole mm-hmm. thing is when um, it's like, so how did we do it? And then, you know, we hear about Hercules Mulligan, we hear about uh, Marquita Lafayette, and that music is just incredible, and I could just rewatch that mm-hmm. over and over and over
1: again. Well, it's like I even right but, now just thinking about it, just I've got like goosebumps, like it's giving me chills just thinking about it. But it was so great, like that, and and it's funny, like I I was telling you before we signed on, I was like I didn't write any notes when I was watching. You normally mm-hmm. I try to keep notes on something or this or that. I couldn't. There just was mm-hmm. like no downtime in this show. And it just ran kind of from start to finish. And it was almost an opera in and of itself because they they do much more singing than they do talking. And that's kind of the, yeah. the whole – that's what opera is. You know, that's kind of the difference between mm-hmm. an opera and a musical is that opera doesn't talk ever. Like <laughs> They just sing all the way through. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this was. But it was a modern interpretation of what we're used to. And it was just – it, oh, it was done so well. And it's funny because watching this, I had, again, I had not listened to any of the songs over. I think I've heard like a couple of the, you know, I'm not giving away my shot kind of lyrics mm-hmm. over time, just being alive and human. I have kind of caught glimpses of this here and there. And I did see the video of Mandy doing her um, sing along. So mm-hmm. that, that part I'd heard, I'd never heard any of the rest of it. So it's just, it just absolutely riveted me from the first second that we started watching. Cause again, it doesn't start slow, (laughs) it just picks right up and into it. And the cast is amazing. The sets were amazing. I love watching that turntable floor and how they used it to really, to show time and distance and conflict and things. It was just, it was cool. It was so cool. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That scene, um, uh, with uh satisfied mm-hmm. where they re-ran yeah what happened that night first of all that was incredible yeah. i mean she was she was so good that girl who played um, angelica was amazing mm-hmm.
1: i mean yeah so good
0: yeah she yeah she was um she was on par with every other uh, musician on there like she was she could speak she could uh sing just as fast mm-hmm. and you know you could tell that um eliza couldn't right right
1: and so, but i think it also met it was, with her character she wasn't as yeah. bold and brash and flashy as her older sister was um you know but she was she was kind of that calm steady influence all the way through and i i think yeah. that the musicality of the show is really where the genius lies. Like I, I, what I was trying to, I, I've forgotten. I, I do this. I talk about things and then I forget <laughs> my original point. Um, you know, I don't think Lin-Manuel Miranda was the best singer by any means in this show. Oh no. Like he's a little croaky and he gets vocal fry very easily. But where I think his talent lies is again, creating this story in the the fashion that he did and picking out the characters that he did and also working with the composer excuse me to create this sense of rhythm all the way through and the rhythms really do match with the characters like the guy that Mm -hmm. had played george washington because washington was much more steady and on beat and moving and just very you Mm -hmm. know reliable in that aspect not always in his leadership or whatever but yeah and and just and again you know uh, just fantastic yeah when they brought when they brought
0: that um when they brought both of them together with the right hand man song Mm -hmm. my favorite part of that was you know they were starting to they realized that their two like minds and their two activities could um could be Bigger than the whole, right. right, and when both him and George Washington just kind of did a back step back to the beat um you know centered in centered in centered in the screen or in the mm-hmm. stage, I thought was just like, oh yeah, they they're now in sync, they understand what they need to do, and that they can each um uh that he's going to be such an asset to George Washington, which is probably why George Washington did not have him lead until it was much too late um Uh, because he needed him for other things he needed him for what he could do uh, behind the scenes because Hamilton you know was known for writing uh, and his abilities that way but I love I love the you know the outgunned you know uh you know Mm outplanned that song I forgot the name of that one and and I liked how they repeated it uh you know couple times throughout the show to it really felt like i was i felt the war mm-hmm. um with with the way they were playing that music and um obviously the constant booms you know that was
1: awesome mm-hmm. too yeah <laughs> it's
0: just like it it sounds really cool but i see what you're doing here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. yeah that metadata but, does
1: start to kind of uh, creep in on you
0: yeah it starts picking up i watched it again with the um closed captioning on now not saying that i haven't heard every single word because i uh listen to the hamilton soundtrack maybe seven times a week <laughs> um i'd listen to it while i'm working and so i kind of know it you know and um uh it's an ode to jessica the part where uh after the reynolds pamphlet um is the the part where ty was more popular than right. share <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and, and you'd have to listen to our previous episodes with Jessica to see what we were talking about there. Yes, that was a
1: reference <laughs> to Clueless for sure. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm with you on that. And uh, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's. I mean, you have to tell that part of the story.
0: But God, it's just like have you have yeah. you ever
1: watched any of the drunk history uh videos? I have. A okay, so there's one with Lynn Manuel Miranda talking about. Hamilton and talking about um that and basically the the downfall or whatever from, you know, him and Aaron Burr kind of getting into it over that Reynolds pamphlet and then, you know, him outing himself that way, or you know, they were gonna blackmail him, he's outing himself, and then all of the, the tragedy afterwards. But just watching him drunk trying to explain this and it was it was just really funny. So watch that. <laughs> but I we actually did watch it and Paul hates this, but I was like, I know this moves, This music moves fast, so I want to know what they're talking about. Because this is the other part I have accessibility issues with opera, is that it's not in English. <laughs> it's in Italian or French or Russian or sometimes Spanish and, you know, just languages we don't speak. And yes, you can see what's happening and you can feel the music, but sometimes I just want to know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> so having the, we did watch it with the captions on um the first you know the first time through, and I think that really helped a lot being able to kind of keep up, especially when they're getting into this mile a minute um you know mile a minute mm-hmm. rap and stuff. I was <laughs> like people always shit on rap music and hip hop music and things like that, like oh, anybody can do that, it's just talking. I'm like, have you no, tried to move your no. mouth that fast just just try and, it, like <laughs> and have you tried to ever?
0: create a beat with the words because of how it's enunciated. Exactly. And that is takes a mastery of the language that most
1: people don't. Well get, that's the that's know, because, the musicality part really is being yeah. able to not just make the sounds with your mouth but make them have purpose. And you know, as someone who sings and is married to a singer like that's things that we really get. Like we get the emotion. We get the you know, just the power behind how you put, you know, your emphasis here or where you take the breath or where, you know, there's a lot of things that are done technically with music that just makes so much more of a point than just randomly singing words. So, yeah. So
0: I can't sing, and I have no like ability to do so. I just I like I appreciate music, Mm -hmm. but so the only like parts, and again I listen to the the Hamilton soundtrack all the time, and the only parts that I can sing, and not in tune of course, is uh, King George. So I can sing all (laughs) of King George's parts. Can we talk Um, about King George for a second? The spitting! Oh Omg, my god! The
1: spitting! His part is so cheeky, and I just love it. But Jesus Christ, he is such a spitter! Did you see the know, spit was, just flinging from his mouth? You want a you want a really good just, example of why you need to be wearing your fucking face mask? Watch him sing that part. You will see how much fluid <laughs> comes out of this man's face and just spewing distance. Like this, wear your mask
2: because.
0: I know it was it was very hard to watch because they did it like the zoom in. that was one was not in front close. of the yeah it was not in front of the audience yeah and so that was that's why it, you know it kind of detracted from it because it's like why are we zoomed in we need to see him like standing alone on the stage and this is kind of a thing and you list by the way because we're focused on You're the right. spitting. Because how can you not? You forget that the, the funny parts about that song was like, hey, if you don't love me, I am going to kill all right? your friends and family to exactly. prove that you love, I I was I like, love oh my you. God, you know? this and is I've- such
1: a letter from an abusive boyfriend or husband. <laughs> like, it's just...
2: Crazy! Exactly. I was like, oh,
1: "Holy shit!" And I got all that. And again, I think probably because we were watching it with the captions, I was I was absolutely detracted by the spitting. Paul didn't even notice it, so I, until he went back and watched a video of you know twenty two things you probably missed in Hamilton. So,
0: yeah, hold on one second. Okay, sorry, my screensaver mm-hmm. went on, and I was like, I no. don't know if it's gonna affect my recording.
1: So, <laughs> no, please don't At least it save. wasn't a spider. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Paul no. called me after listening uh, to that. <laughs> he, was, he almost Kitty died. He sent was listening me a, to it driving a, home. K-
0: <laughs> Kitty sent me a text and said, "Oh my god, I almost peed my pants driving <laughs> home." And then she sent me a little text. A spider. I'm like, "Oh my it's god, it's still funny
1: now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, still laughing. Uh, anyway, if you don't know what we're talking right. about, go back and listen to. Was that last week's episode? The book club? or No, it was the one before. Yeah. It was the one I edited. Whatever that was. Oh, yeah. Two yeah, weeks ago.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, in Hamilton, I think that we need to talk about um, the elephant in the room. And it's not one that they did not acknowledge. But it is one that they kind of gracefully slid over a few times. Which is the fact that all of these people, that we, these characters that are demanding freedom from king george had yep. slaves it's a very problematic part of our american history and this is where when i listen to hamilton i get this hope and then this this mm-hmm. sinking feeling and the sinking feeling is specifically going yeah this is actually a completely american thing to do is i want freedom for mm-hmm. myself fuck everybody else mm-hmm. right and um, we will care about that later. And even now, I understand that the founding fathers knew that it was a very divisive issue. And so the reason why they didn't want to even bring it up when they were creating the constitution or uh, anything like that was because they didn't, they were too fragile already. Cause a lot of the States didn't even still um, vote for uh, the revolution or the um, declaration mm. of independence. So they were like, Hey, we're fine. But I understand that. And they put in the constitution like, Hey, we'll talk about this in 1808. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to just pawn this off on our kids. So American. Um,
1: (laughs) And so, so reflective uh, of what is going on in our world right now, watching the rest of the world kind of come together and think about their fellow human. And we're like, I want a haircut.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We're like, fuck them. It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't want to be murdered when I get pulled over. Well, well, too bad.
1: you shouldn't be driving you know, while black. Sorry, dude. You,
0: like, yeah, exactly. What did you do to get? Yeah, to maybe get if you hadn't you know, resisted, like, I'm like, it.
1: we've literally seen people. We've we have the videos of people being murdered, mm-hmm. and people are not being brought to trial. But like, um, there's literally yeah. you are literally watching it. Well, I mean, they must have done something. I'm like,
0: what? Yeah.
1: Or killed somebody with a knockless
0: warrant for uh, a while crime that was committed sleeping. By somebody that was already in custody. He was asleep.
1: Like, <laughs> there is nothing that yeah. says murder more than being shot eight times in your sleep, in your own bed, in your own home, where you should have some modicum yeah. of feeling of safety. I don't know. Yeah, yeah but, exactly. Ugh.
0: Well, anyway, so this is where I, I get... um i you know it kind of hurts my heart a little bit and i actually i don't know if you saw that they had this like after the hamilton thing with um um on disney plus where it was like kind of like a zoom like news thing about it where we could kind of talk about a little bit more and they actually kind of summed up how i feel about it right now because first George Washington, the character that plays George Washington, forgot his name, Christopher yeah. something.
1: Chris something. I don't know.
0: Anyway, yeah, who is who is excellent as mm-hmm. George Washington, Um, says, I you know, I grew up and my grandmother told me I could do anything that I wanted, but, you know, I saw the history and I saw all of these people that, you know, are founding fathers. But then I'm singing a song as George Washington at the White House in front of Barack Obama with right over my shoulder is the, uh, George Washington's por- portrait. And I thought that's when I thought, yes, I can do anything. And, um, uh, it was just kind of this beautiful moment. And David Diggs actually said, yeah, I get chills thinking about that. And then I think about people are still being murdered and it keeps happening and so at that that time I was so hopeful and now I'm so not Mm. hopeful because it just nothing's changed the same story keeps happening over and over and over again and I'm like that is exactly how I feel too is that I'm like you get this like pride and like you know we were able to do something and now we're able to do something and extend that because I mean As a society, when everybody talks about how beautiful and perfect the founding (laughs) fathers were, they, uh, I mean, that's like, it's bullshit. I'm like, no, that's not how society works. Society works that every single generation should be trying to do better than their parents before them, not economically a capitalist but as a this is what we do now this is what's better this is what we've learned this is how right. we've explored it. this is our technology but you know like a human does as they grow up that's how society should interlink together so if you're telling me that the founding fathers were a perfect that is a flawed idea that we should be living like we were pre-industrial revolution and that was a good way to live that's not we are have expanded And we continue to expand and we should continue to grow as people and not revert back to our freaking uh, prepubescent um, Mm -hmm. country state.
1: I know. And that seems to be happening a lot right now to a lot of non-old white men. So, you know, they're taking away women's reproductive rights. They're taking away, you know.
0: The ability to vote. Uh, they're like, oh, we're going to shut down these major voting centers. Oh, they just happen to be in all of the mm-hmm. black neighborhoods. Oh, that doesn't sound suspicious no. at all. Continue. I don't know. Um, <sighs> uh, it's it's very frustrating because we are reverting back to nothing's changing. It doesn't feel like anything's changing. And, you know, we're kind of stuck too. We're stuck in the little COVID bubble. We're not allowed to fucking mm-hmm. do anything. But um, it, It's just, it's really frustrating to see this hope about growth and then just seeing it completely feel like it's completely stunted Mm -hmm. right now. Like, we're just like, no, actually, that was better. Let's make America great and go back to the time it was with the founding fathers where everybody fucking owned slaves. And they're like, oh, no, slavery is wrong. But we just put all of these institutions in place that make slavery essentially Mm -hmm. the same thing. You know, uh, privatized uh, prisons. And then um, throw people in prison all the time for right. nothing
1: for misdemeanors and at, murdering people exactly. for misdemeanor at, action.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know how many people in California are in prison right now for marijuana possession, and it's fucking right. legal now. Like, why are you
1: still in so jail?
0: Get them out of Get them out of prison. You know this is ridiculous.
1: Soapbox, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> but.
0: I'm sorry. I've been doing that lately and it's it's really frustrating. I just I'm just I'm I've been very sad about the state of the states mm -hmm. right right now. And it's it's been really frustrating and it's because I keep seeing people that are putting their own self interest ahead of the society and then it makes me just think like, Yeah, that's why I'm like team COVID now. I'm like Yeah, I think
1: you know, I keep seeing all these weird you know just stupid things if you don't like this kenji you could leave i'm like here's the deal this country is founded on not liking the way people treated us look at this this show Mm -hmm. is a prime example of this we didn't like the way we were being treated we protested in the streets that your precious tea party that you're trying to make the banner of republicanism uh that's what they did they went and they they rioted. They destroyed the tea. That's what this shit means. Read your history books, folks. This is the same stuff that now they're saying, well, you should just protest peacefully. Well, they try to take a knee and you shit on them for that. It's like there's nothing that can be done that they aren't going to work around in a cyclical fashion to make it their fault. Here's the thing. I shouldn't have to go find another country to live in because I think this country needs to do better on treating people like humans. That's something that yeah. should change. And it's something that we should be able to say without people jumping in, all lives matter. I'm like, well, here's the deal. all If all lives matter, then these people being murdered in the street, their lives should matter too. And they're the ones being murdered.
0: That's all it's – yeah, it's a, that's – exactly. It's like you're missing the hidden two underneath that because it's like you cannot say – that all lives matter when black lives don't matter. And it's very apparent to you that black lives don't matter. And, Oh, like, you know, all, all of these things, you know, the, Oh, you can't, uh, you can't protest, uh, if you destroy public property, it's like, okay, your founder, your thing based Mm -hmm. on the tea party. What the fuck do you think that's about? You know, we tar and feather people, right? People People that were just doing their fucking job. And, um, let's, let's, let's forget about that. That was all. Okay. But now, when people, when we've broken the contract with uh, people that are not represented, you know, they're not represented politically, they're not represented in television, they're not represented in society in general. And then we're like, oh, they can't act like this. Like, no, this is how you don't
1: get to tell me how to be mad. Is made. Karen. Yeah. You don't. You don't get it, to you don't. justify how I should behave based yeah. on your wanting to keep things perfect for you and by the way karen things aren't actually perfect for you either if you look around they're taking away your rights too Mm -hmm. if you are not an old white man you are not somebody they care about
0: So here's another criticism I have of the show. (laughs) Now, I love the show. Don't get me wrong. Um, But, uh, you know, another criticism that I had, and I always had, is that it was always this um, us versus them. These are all um, very wealthy founding fathers, right? And they're making decisions for everybody else. And I know they did make a democracy, but that was after lots of arguments about who should be represented so so wealthy male landlords were able landowners not landlords same thing could be landlords too but yeah um they could um they could vote i mean that was the idea was that an elite group of people and like hamilton yes he came up from nothing but he married into the Mm -hmm. schuyler family which by the way owns slaves and um he married into the richest um in the richest family and so then therefore had influence right, right? um now i know that uh he was you know a general aide to washington but when he was ju- asked to join the con- uh, constitutional convention it was because his father-in-law put him right. forward to do it it was not because hey this is george washington's speechwriter general aide he did everything we should have him in the constitutional convention it was no it was because he had access to access and as i see this happening now, it happens more and more, right? There is an elite several in the United States that control mm-hmm. everything. So the stories of, um, you know, grabbing yourself up by your bootstraps and making your way up, it does not happen anymore. And especially does not happen if you're a person right. of color. Yeah, I mean, there's always exceptions and people like to look at the exceptions because to say that it's not the general case, but the, in general, you can't, um, become as wealthy and influential and, uh, uh, and make the change that you're trying to see being a low level person. Now, I hope, and, and I say this as a low level person, because I can't, you know, get anything done. I hope that the idea is that like, in groups, we can, we can affect and implement change, but, and I see it like society right now with the Black Lives Matter movement that we're getting into groups and we're, we're taking stands, but I only see lip service mm-hmm.
1: responses, you know? Okay, we'll do this. Here we go. Well, we, t- a- we took Aunt Jemima off the box. We got rid of Uncle Ben's name. Like, what more do you people want? It was yeah. like, how about not being murdered? Yeah. That sounds good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How about let's bring some people to justice and,
1: you know, hold people accountable for um, their actions like you would anybody else. Here's the thing. Nobody talks. Let's look at the Golden State Killer, right? Serial killer busts into people's houses unannounced, kills them in their sleep, blah, blah, blah. Nobody looks at them and goes, yeah, but but what did the victim do? What did what did they do to make that happen? Or maybe they shouldn't have been trying to defend themselves in their own home, and they wouldn't have been raped and murdered. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe before making judgments, we should get all of the facts before we, you know, prosecute or do anything to hold said killer. Um, actually, though, what that ended up happening because Golden State Killer said, mm-hmm. what thirty years, but <laughs> more <laughs> than that, yeah, like that was because they couldn't find. That's because because they couldn't Great. find the guy but um we know who did this
1: mm-hmm. okay right. it's on video right. motherfuckers like <laughs> it's literally a video i'm just and the people who yeah. are like that must have been fixed that must have been dubbed really how many okay have you ever tried to edit video and <laughs> that is not a common skill i'm sorry people like oh well you could easily fix that i'm like can I'm you sorry. grandma because i don't think you can
0: yeah i promise you old white men like watch ncis and csi and shit and they're like oh you could just do anything like i used to have them like try and get me to enhance things i'm like you can't actually do that you understand right we have photoshop (laughs)
1: dude like we don't have multi-billion dollar uh, surveillance equipment that somehow works better with a grainy photo like that's not a thing that normal people do it's hilarious. Um actually they did
0: show it on Space Force and they were um, you know, the the military the main military guy, uh played by Steve Grails said, in enhance. And then um the the lead scientist, uh John Malkovich, he's like, you know, you can't actually do that and somebody goes, you know, maybe if I did this, this and this I filter and man it and it like enhanced it and zoomed in and he's like, Well, <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> like <laughs> All right, that's was, that was beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I I complain a lot about it because I think that what Hamilton does remind me is how much we need to go forward. But I keep forgetting, and I don't know why, how much of a big step forward it was, and it still is. First of all, they made it more accessible, which was my, you know, mm-hmm. one of my big issues, right? And they've brought up um some really important things like the room where it happened. You know, why is this still right. a thing? It's still happening, right? Yep. It also reminds you that people uh that political parties never fucking got along. Um and they always acted like this, you know, immature and stupid and um the only difference it seems is there was less um knee jerk reactions to what the constituency wanted or uh, the the loud minority of their constituency because there was less access right. to them and uh, um but all right but let's talk about those cabinet battles son of a bitch they mm-hmm. were awesome they were good Those, those, those were great, and uh, you know, and so I love my David Diggs. Mm. I already told you that, um, um, him and uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda in their cabinet meeting. Those were uh, those were the best, and then you know they had the kind of the old school rap battles because they had the handheld mics and and, uh, George Washington's, you know, the uh, the Mm -hmm. MC. (laughs) 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 I mean, it was so much fun. It was really fun to watch those um those battles, and then. Um, if you want, there is a, so Amazon prime, even, without having unlimited music or whatever, you can get the whole Hamilton sc- mm. soundtrack mm. on nice. it for nice. free. No problem. And, um, the Hamilton, um, uh, you know, just Amazon music. And then they also have something called, a, uh, Hamilton mixtape. And so that has uh, a bunch of songs, a lot of stuff that roots did, uh, with it, but, um, it, where they, had more stories, more songs in there. There was an additional um, cabinet meeting about mm-hmm. slavery, um, or additional cabinet battle. And then there was another one that was kind of the longer extension of what uh, um, Hamilton said to John Adams and what caused that tension mm-hmm. right there. But then there's also some just really good remakes. Um, uh, you know, Dear Theodosia's remade on there. And uh, there was that one. That was beautiful, by
1: the way. That yeah, oh it was beautiful. And then Leslie um, Odom Jr. Immigrants with, as Aaron Burr. Oh has, I has Paul and I were just like, Holy shit, like his oh, his I mean, his uh yeah. I can't. Mm.
0: Yeah. So there is another song on there that's um uh, it's a. Uh, it starts with the sampling of you know the immigrants we get the job done, and then it goes into like this beautiful like montage where they're taking a lot of sampling from the song. But then it goes into Spanish, and it's. Uh, I mean, it was. It's just an incredible um, song. So I recommend you know obviously Hamilton the soundtrack, but Hamilton mixtape also free on Amazon Music if you're a Prime member, and um, they they're a lot of fun to listen to, but and I think this screams to kind of the bigger thing behind Hamilton one is that it is expanded ideas for people all over YouTube were filled with uh, people doing their own versions of Hamilton songs and, or doing their own versions of raps to history and fun things like that, that really probably weren't even thought about. Um, without Hamilton as being kind of a catalyst. And so I'm excited just as most people are, right? With the idea of what it grows Mm -hmm. into. So, you know, we have classical musicals, right? And then what Hamilton did to expand that. And then now what everybody is going to do to expand that and what they're going to continue to write and what they're going to continue to grow with. Um, It also made people really appreciate history and start researching and reading about it um i from what mm-hmm. i understand my husband's from new england like all of this like american history that we forgot like it was so drained it, so pushed into him this kid's like he knew knows all of this stuff already and i was like yeah i've forgotten mm-hmm. all of this you know i only knew aaron burr killed uh uh killed alexander hamilton because it was a trivia question on i knew ones. it and I, I remember it because it. there
1: was a commercial when I was a kid that, and I can't remember what the commercial was mm. for, but there was a commercial and there's this guy and he's eating like a peanut butter sandwich and listening to the radio. And he is, you know, the thing is like, who killed Alexander Hamilton? And he is sitting in the Alexander Hamilton Museum. There's literally a painting in front of him and he's trying to dial in or call in or whatever. And he's like, mm because his mouth is full of peanut butter <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember what the commercial was for probably peanut butter of some sort but uh but it was yeah. that literally that is why i know that you know
0: yeah i mean it's it, it's funny what we don't rem- like the little bits of history that kind of fall mm-hmm. to the wayside um i i that speech that started out so with george washington's farewell like that speech I do remember reading that somewhere, but I didn't remember it until I
1: heard the beginning of it. Well, the the, the whole Aaron Burr thing in this show reminded me very much. Did you ever see Amadeus? Uh, God, I saw it in okay. elementary school. So, in clips of it, you know, I think. Mozart is basically, you know, followed by this guy Salieri and this guy is professionally jealous of him he's personally jealous of him he thinks he's a buffoon because he is and he basically kind of almost haunts Mozart as he goes crazy and that's almost how this felt like the Aaron Burr is very much the Salieri kind of character where he's following through you know Hamilton he's professionally jealous of him like it was it's just very I I saw a line up there very easily so So, hey, let's take a quick break and listen to a couple of ads for our podcast friends. And when we come back, we will continue talking more about Hamilton.
2: Hello, Questers. This is Mandy, the host of Caster Quest inviting you to enjoy our podcast where we explore the rich and vibrant world of Patrick Rothfuss's best-selling fantasy series The Kingkiller Chronicle, soon to be adapted as a major motion picture and television show produced by the award-winning creator of Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hungry for more content? Perhaps you will enjoy our recaps of HBO's Game of Thrones, Over the Garden Wall, animated Batman films, or our world-famous erotic fanfiction reads. Whatever you're in the mood for, if you love a good story, humor, impromptu parody songs, and thousands of pop culture references, you'll enjoy our show. You can find Cast Request on SoundCloud, iTunes, and of course, our amazing network, the Earth Station One Network at ESOPodcast.com. This is Mouse. I'm (laughs) Weens. We have the Mouse and Weens podcast. Mouse and Weens. I'm a big sister in San Diego with kids, and I'm married. And I have uh, no friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, I do. I have friends. I just don't have any boyfriends or love. Anyway, Mouse and Weeds podcast, you just listen to it. Yeah, it's, it's not really depressing. Fun. We talk about family stories, life and love and kids and all the things you're interested in. We promise. Yay! Celebrities in Hollywood, too. Poke your little turtle head out and come listen to us, <laughs> Mouse and Weeds. Bye.
0: Okay, we're back. So you want to talk about the, the two Fs that, we, that were missed? <laughs> I didn't miss them. <laughs> i loved them okay so 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 my favorite f that they took away was hercules mulligan he says when you knock me down i get the fuck Mm -hmm. back up again so that was an awesome one but the way they still knew what it was you flowed with this yeah you still flowed Mm -hmm. with the song too but the the one that did not um that did not flow well was when um thomas jefferson james madison and uh, aaron burr were singing about their political parties and they referred to themselves as southern motherfucking democratic republicans and when they bleeped that Mm. out it was really southern
1: southern, (laughs) they might as well have just put a bleep over it yeah (laughs) bleep
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know honestly because it really it really kind of took mm-hmm. away from
1: it a bit
0: but there's a um, lot of sh- there were a lot yeah, of so shits
1: in there do you notice that
0: yeah yeah there is a i mean i mean i was always kind of surprised because i knew this was kind of a big show for right. kids <laughs> is that i mean how many adult themes there are and i guess like parents are like Yeah, we could show you adult themes as long as it's in music theater. Well, you know
1: what? (laughs) That's that's kind of how uptight, repressed societies work. You do. I mean, think about you know what we talked about on our anime show and how you know the Japanese culture is very tight and they're you know they don't do a lot of that stuff but they can express it in that way the same thing you know you watch tombstone same kind of thing like they they wouldn't do those kind of things talk about those things in polite society but you could put it in a play you could put it in a musical something like that that pokes fun at it but still gets it out there so yeah oh
0: well I hope you loved Hamilton. I loved it. I did.
1: I did. Paul and um, I both really loved it. We were attempting. We haven't downloaded the soundtrack yet, though. It's inevitable. We are absolutely going to be doing that. Um, and it's free. Uh, you know, we um, we were driving yesterday. We decided to take a drive down to Galveston. Now we did not get out of the car. We just <laughs> needed to get out of the house and we just drive around. And so we're trying to listen to it on like Spotify and if you don't have the paid Spotify, fuck off because I listen to one song and then it gives me like 12 minutes of commercials. I'm like, you know what? Uh -uh, I'm done. Like, I'm just not interested and I'm certainly not going to pay for this service and Pandora same way, um, though they, they aren't as aggressive with their ads like they used to be, um, i don't know yeah
0: Yeah, spotify is crazy and they're like for 30 minutes of missing it's like 30 minutes it's like 10 songs
1: yeah i think i think about right after uh hamilton and eliza get married i was like what happened to peggy and then all of a sudden she shows up as the wanton woman you know mrs reynolds or whatever yeah and uh i was like oh there she is (laughs) i just love that and by the way
0: And I know that's mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, how did you feel about that dual characters? I mean, I know that it's common in musical theater, but they really kind of tied together, like, especially with John Lawrence becoming um, yeah. his son. They both had this tragic backstory. By the way, John Lawrence, wonderful man. However, his dad was president of the Confederate, uh, or not the Confederate. He was bad. His dad was president of the uh, Con- Continental mm-hmm. Congress, and therefore had a lot of influence. He approved. Um, john lawrence being able to get his black battalion with the slaveholders uh, owners but he was pushed back and pushed back for different political ways of doing it in south carolina it actually never happened even though the movie the patriot will tell you it did it did not happen they did not offer freedom because nobody gave a shit about uh
1: slaves back then as you can tell they only cared about themselves um no i actually really like the way they did that and i think um I think from a business standpoint and from a casting standpoint, it actually makes a ton of sense because those characters, you know, they can do that, you know, and, and it was the, rather than having to hire yet another actor to come in and play a very small part, because most of them, except for the Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, most of the dual characters that I noticed, you know, the, the people they picked up after the fact, it was like a bit part. So like his son, which yeah, I mean he has mm-hmm. a storyline, but again, it's pretty minor. The you know, the the hooker woman, pretty minor, those kind of things. So but I liked it and it was interesting to to kind of see that shift. So mm-hmm.
0: it's so weird to see like his friend, um, you know, uh Lafayette turn into yeah. Jefferson. Like to me that was like, Oh, this is so weird. He's like your enemy now, but you guys were friends just a second mm-hmm. ago. <laughs> but you know obviously
1: it makes sense because you're going to need somebody with the same talent level for both of those well it was impressive to me that david uh, diggs did the whole half the first half as lafayette in a french accent while singing that is not easy at all to actually pick up the accent i mean you can sing the words in french Mm -hmm. or whatever but to sing in english with a french accent at that speed is impressive
0: yeah, yeah. And I liked, I mean, James Madison was fine, but he didn't mm-hmm. sing much uh, in the second second half. So I really liked him as Hercules Mulligan uh, and in the first half. And then uh, apparently they were all roommates. My sister-in-law uh, is friends uh, with Hercules him. Hercules-, uh-huh. with Hercules Mulligan? Not him, Ed. the oak, the guy who plays it. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. he's awesome, yes. isn't he? Like, I just love his character. And, you know, he's... he's um, He's rough and tumble. You know, I read a little bit about him too. So again, that's where, uh, Hamilton is makes you kind of want to learn more about more people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I read about him and, you know, he was, he joined the sons of Liberty. And the reason why, uh, the British were so forthcoming with information to him was because he was married to, um, a a niece of a British officer right. or something. And, um, and actually half of the stuff wasn't blatantly told him except for there were a couple major things that were blatantly told to him like oh hey i need to have this rushed because we're going to go and uh, kidnap george washington right. <laughs> there was one of those but there was but most of them were like when all the officers asked for the tailoring to be done on this day, you know, you know, they're gonna pick it up on this day. I know the next day there's going to be something right. going on. Um very very cool, um very cool backstory there, I thought. And then you know, John Lawrence is just um he's, he's incredible so that it was, and just tragic death there, so it makes it mm-hmm. makes me sad. But um I I do like that he always had that uh desire and drive within him uh even though he came from a place of complete privilege uh comparatively yeah. for
1: the time. So I will say I had two big ugly cry moments during Hamilton. Okay. And like I mean ugly <laughs> ugly cry. So one is after the death of his son. Um you know mm-hmm. when they're singing, what was it? It's quiet uptown, something like that. Oh, uh, just yeah. gut wrenching, so sad. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not even like that invested in this character, but watching, like uh, especially Eliza's pain. Oh man, she mm. emoted the shit out of that. And when she screamed at the
0: end, right, right yeah. when he died, um yeah, that was so powerful when i saw it live it did not happen that did not mm. happen um if it did it was not um as powerful as... yeah
1: yeah because well it's probably it. it probably also <laughs> has a lot to do with camera angles too and being that that was yeah. a, a super close-up so you could really see it if i would assume if you're watching this in a theater you know you're you're you far it. away you're yeah. not seeing it as well and you know you you can't really pick up all of the emotion that you see on people's faces. And that's another reason why I love the way they did this was that you get that opportunity. It's not just filmed from the very back. Like you're watching it in the nosebleeds. You can actually see what's happening on the Mm -hmm. character's faces. Um, And then, so that was the first one. And then of course the end when she's talking about how she kind of picked up his legacy and writing and, and you know, telling the story and, and getting the stories and things like that. It was just, I don't know. She she's amazing. Yeah. Like I I wasn't digging her at first. Yeah. I was much more team Angelica kind of thing, <laughs> just because that yeah. that uh, actress is amazing and her vocal is yeah she fantastic. is fantastic. And Eliza again was a little bit more steady, but I like that because again I can see that in her character all the way through. That you know even though yeah. he's you know had this affair and she's she's still there. You know she's not happy. She's doing her thing, but she's still still there and she you know kind of comes back to that and I I like that so
0: yeah so I mean it really was like true forgiveness when she had other opportunities she can just go back with her family who is well off she didn't need um, she didn't right. need him and so it really was a forgiveness uh, a full forgiveness that she gave um, I did not enjoy her character too much Uh, at, I did like the story at the end and so I decided to, I downloaded an audiobook um about her mm-hmm. life, and apparently it's supposed to help kind of fill in those gaps, because I felt that Lynn was just like a, um, portray her as a, don't go do that brave thing, periodically, you know, throughout the movie. And it's like, you know, you married a soldier in the middle of a revolution, he needs to go and fight, right? And then...
1: I'm sorry. I think he didn't technically become a soldier until after that. I think he was mostly the front office Oh, no. He was a
0: well well no i mean he was he was a, I mean, he was a
1: revolutionary i mean he to, was he, in the the game yeah, to get the yeah, thing started but remember washington wouldn't send him out to command anything so yeah
0: yeah you're, yeah but he was a soldier yeah. before then um he might have been militia but he you know uh that was they kind of showed his enlistment when aaron burr put his mm-hmm. coat on him uh during one of the songs but um but yeah he worked for washington and so that's why he kept calling himself his commander. That's a it's a you know Mm -hmm. anyway beside the point so she knew who she married right and then okay the president of the united states wants me to be secretary of treasury and you're like just stay home no 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 (laughs) and i was like i i just hate it when they do this, uh, they do that like, oh, the nagging wife wants him to be home, blah, blah. Like, I understand it's, you know, you can't travel the same right. way, right? But um, y- you're going to say, no, don't do that. You know, that's why I kind of, I hated how they were, um, how they were. Uh, portraying her with her Alexander like just every time he was like he's like but I have to go and she's like Alexander like oh come on just shut the fuck up and let him go (laughs) he's got
1: some but I think if she was just like Like, boy bye then everybody be like well she doesn't care what she got on the side I think it and that's and that's the thing Uh, I think it's a really hard situation for women to have been in not having you know careers and really Mm -hmm. anything other than Taking care of the house and taking care of the children and waiting for your husband to come home and take over all the things that you've been doing. And, you know, I think not having that sense of self and that that um something to do kind of thing probably mm-hmm. did make people much more. Please stay home with me. I'm fucking bored to tears. You know what I mean? Like he's off doing his thing yeah. and she's at home with the kid and you know he was much closer yeah. to his mother they you know they had a better relationship than he had it sounds like with his dad and you know i just mm-hmm. i don't know I, I think it's it's a yeah. hard situation that women were in and honestly still are you know. no,
0: they they still are yeah and 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 i think though it's also kind of how they're written um
1: uh as being kind of this
0: you have right. to be an egg. But I think I think or, also, or like, something.
1: if you were to reverse the roles, right, like, if and, – and that's the thing we see a lot is working women who have to travel or do whatever, and they're like, oh, but who will stay home with the children? Like, um, their father, who is 50% a parent just like I am. Like, I think mm-hmm. that it's just much more socially acceptable or nobody questions – if a man has to travel or if he works away from his family or if he's in another state from where his family is. But if a woman does that, she is probably going to get 27,000 pounds of shit on her constantly about how she's not being a good wife or being a good mother. And I think it's just that, that expectation that we put on women that they are going to be there and they're going to do that. You know, it's, it's unfair. And and that's it.
0: Yeah, I know. And, and just even like press asking women uh, in leadership roles mm-hmm. that question um when they Ever. never ask the men like yeah so what does your kid think about you working
1: uh in Washington DC all this time no nobody no. fucking asks that cuz again so. it's just expected that women will do those things and not all women want to do those yeah. things so yeah and like uh it's uh, I forgot his name,
0: you know, one of those, uh, politicians, <laughs> the one that used to do like the beach body. Um, I forgot his name, P90X guy. <laughs> I, I forgot his name anyway. So he was like, he said, okay, I'll be, you know, um, speaker of the house. However, um, I, well, he wasn't speaker of the house, uh, whatever he was majority mm-hmm. leader. Um, and he said, as long as I still have time to spend with my kids, and people were like, "That's so fucking." I know. Would be Like, blah um, blah 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 blah. And it was like, yeah, if a woman said that, they would fillet criticize yes. her. She, she, yeah, she was like, oh, you know, she wants to spend time with her kids. Like, this is an important work, you know. And there's so mm-hmm. there's no winning. All right, so that
1: is yeah. Amazing. I really Did enjoyed have- it. I will absolutely watch it again. Um, I love the music. I love. Oh, uh, it's just really good. I also really loved the diverse cast that they used. Instead of mm-hmm. trying to make it historically accurate and just be a whole bunch of white people, because that's exactly what it would have been. I really liked yeah. well, that it was it was diverse and ugh, everybody was cast beautifully. I, like I just think that that, yeah. that picking the person who is the best, you know, for that is amazing rather than just going for type.
0: Yes, you brought up a very good point and I I can't believe I didn't think uh mention it earlier. But yeah, this um uh, there's been a lot of criticism about its inaccuracy to history. Most of the time it's been about the, you know, skating over the slavery thing and making Hamilton seem like an abolitionist when he really wasn't. Right. Um but uh he just he just didn't have slaves. That's about mm-hmm. it right. <laughs> um, um, uh John Adams, is an abolitionist if you'd probably if you'd consider of all of the founding fathers mm-hmm. but um was uh you know this whole what's the difference between uh you know a bunch of white men telling you what happened be, uh, versus a bunch of people of color telling you what right. happened well the the difference is that this is a piece of art. And sometimes art reflects what we want and what we feel
1: and what's appropriate. But I think a lot of what they were talking about became more powerful because the person of color in the role is talking about something. And again, that's kind of metadata here, like you're metagaming. But, you know, they're talking about something like slavery that, you know, was something in their own background and history. And it, it just, I don't know, for me, it was very powerful just to see... I, I did. I yeah, felt that. It was too. it was yeah. very powerful and I think it told a very good story, especially since some of them were were cheeky about it, you know. They're you know, they're mm-hmm. acting, you might get a little wink or some kind of a, a little extra linger. And I again I think that kind of stuff is very powerful. And it's very interesting to see how people react to that because you can totally find your racist friends doing it. Like <laughs> I remember when oh. they did um with comic books, they do oh, all yeah. the time. Well, but, like but even like you have when to- they did The Sound of Music live, remember they did it on TV and they did a live version of it. And they had Audra McDonald played the Mother Superior. Mother Superior. And she is a black woman. Mm-hmm. And she is fabulous, by the way. She is absolutely mm-hmm. life-bringing. She's amazing. I saw so many people that were like... She never would have been black. That's awful. Blah, blah. Like, why is that? And I'm like, what? It's it's a play. What does it matter? Like, she's amazing. Like, she is fantastic. Like, what? Like, but it really kind of it, shows it drives me crazy. Your racist friends are. <laughs> Maybe you have to rethink yeah. that. I know.
0: I've gotten rid of a lot mm-hmm. of people in this last few months. But um also the ones who are like,
1: can not we just have a difference of opinion and still be friends? I'm like. No, because this is not about, do I think this needs funding over this? This is not a political thing. This is, I don't think you believe other people are humans and need to be treated as such. That's, that is a fundamental difference in morality and, and it's just a very different belief system than what I want to have in my life. So, yeah, this is not a a, a talk about um,
0: your, the fiscal Mm -hmm. planning. This is completely different. Um, but yes, uh, I've always wondered what goes on in people's heads where they're like, oh, it has to stay true to the character. They only care about it staying true to the character if it's a white mm-hmm. person. And um, like, do they understand that these are characters, right. right? That like a Robert Downey Jr. does not actually own a defense <laughs> contractor, a <or> weapon company. <laughs> He's and not so, really like, oh, you're, Iron Man. <laughs> You can't put him in that role <laughs> because he is not, you know, uh, he isn't like the the wealthiest man on the in the world. I'm Did sorry. You, it's just wrong. Have you wrong. seen the video of somebody? Jeff t- Bezos is the only person that can play right. that have role. Have you seen
1: the video of somebody talking to Ian McKellen, <laughs> Ian McKellen about his role as Gandalf? And he's like, you know, I'm not really a wizard. I <laughs> <laughs> pretended. I but he's he's doing it like he's completely serious and the person interviewing him is just like staring at him like uh what. But it's so funny because he's like I I think about what a wizard might do and then I do that, but I don't actually have any powers. Like it was it was just really funny because I think a lot of people get into that mindset or they're like, this has to be bleh. Or, you know, again, like I think I've mentioned, I read these vampire and werewolf books from time to time and when the lore is off or they get something wrong, I'm like, that's not how it goes. And then I'm like, wait a minute, vampires don't actually exist. So they can really be written any fucking way you want. And it's something you just have to keep in mind that it's not always the way you think it is. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So anyway. Yeah that I'm, I'm i'm glad you brought that up again because mm-hmm. i i th- that was another elephant in the room and i completely yeah. forgot <laughs> to
1: but it talk was about it was amazing and-, and i just yeah i loved it i really liked it i don't know that i'll be somebody who has to watch it on a loop or is going to listen to it constantly but the music is fantastic and my brain is always up for a challenge to try to learn those things so we'll see
0: yeah it it grows on you but again all of the hopefulness in it kind of smack you in the face when you get into reality yeah that is true yeah oh, well what could you yeah. do huh?
1: watch more hamilton i guess
0: <laughs> yeah and just pretend that pretend the world, we're not total uh, assholes uh, con- continue to grow and get better and that not that we want to be like
1: them again but
0: yet that's what everybody seems not to everybody
1: yeah, Just it's... the people we probably shouldn't be listening to, so. Yep. But yeah. yeah so, right. do you have a quote for us today? I
0: do. This actually, Kitty posted this, and it made me laugh. Of course, she posted it from somebody else, so I'm sorry. I, I don't want to deny Kentuckiana humor <laughs> their their official um, uh, their due yeah credit. Yeah. So, but she posted it and made me laugh. Um, it said. I don't want to adult today. I don't even want to human today. Today, I want to goat. Gonna eat all day and headbutt anyone who tries to stop me.
1: <laughs> well, that describes I my like weekend it. pretty much. So,
0: yeah, I know. I know. That's uh these are my, these are, uh, these are my life goals mm-hmm. right here.
1: <laughs> I was actually telling somebody last night that I think my dog Daphne is part goat because when she was a puppy and she was in her chewing stage, this fucking dog ate the cushions off the back of the couch. Now I don't mean she bit them up or she tore them and destroyed them. I mean she ate them. Like so literally weird. pooping out cord of, you know, like piping or whatever. It was like, "Dear God, <laughs> what is wrong with you?" She also ate all of my left shoes. Just mm. the left ones. I know it's like that's bizarre. So <laughs> anyway i don't know i don't know it is bizarre
0: i'm trying to science that and i can't Mm -hmm. just like you know you might have like
1: particularly odorous left i don't think so but i don't know (laughs) she just liked the left shoe for some reason she's also she's also like you so maybe that's it have Mm -hmm. you ever Mm -hmm. noticed if your dogs are right pod or left pod
0: I have not. I, I will pay attention. She's the
1: only the only dog I've ever had that's left pod. She will. That's the one she lifts to shake and high five and whatever else. So weird. Anyway, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see
0: everybody next week. See ya. Music provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Grandma, you're old. Okay. (laughs)